My name is Sabrina Ortiz, and I'm your host of Backstage Banter. Today, we are doing the secret struggles of being a theater major. I am a musical theater major, and today I have with me... Demetrius Hampton. I am a senior at UCM. Um, I am studying a double major in theater and international studies and getting a double minor in public relations and dance. Noah Bryan. This is my third year at UCM, and I am a BFA in performance. Charlotte Sippel. I'm a sophomore musical theater major, but I'm also getting a dance minor. Awesome. So there's a lot of uh, topics that have to do with the struggles of theater majors. Um, The first one I kind of wanted to talk about was the support system, because a lot of times people's parents don't support it or like their friends don't support it. So do you guys have anybody who's a really strong like support system in your life who supports your major and what you want to do? Yeah, definitely. Uh, My mom is a big supporter. Like, my whole family is, but definitely out of all of them, my mom is the most supportive. She shares all my stuff, sends me auditions, and just all kinds of that fun stuff and tries to make all my shows that I'm in. And she just really supports me in everything I do. I I know my mom is pretty supportive of me, but I wouldn't call it 100% because I think she would have definitely preferred me to do something else. Like, she wants me to be able to do what I want to do, and she knows she's not going to stop me from being a theater major, which I love being, but she, she still comes to all my shows and things like that, but I could definitely, I definitely know she would rather me do something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my first year here, actually, I was not a theater major because my parents did not like that idea um, coming into college, but... I switched my sophomore year and they're seeing all the things I'm doing with that major now and they're like they're like okay cool I guess I guess you can have a career in this <laughs> and I've showed them kind of how how viable it can be. Yeah. Basically. I think one of the hardest things is like having everybody around you saying like no, mm-hmm. like that's not a yeah. real career, that's not a real major. Um, I know like personally, like my mom is more supportive now, but she was like, but you're so smart. That's like what mm. I hear all the time is like, you could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer. And I'm like, that's not what I'm passionate about, though. Yeah, um, I know. And my senior year of high school, I felt like I had no support at all. I was dating someone at the time and they would constantly tell me they're like, I just don't think this is going to work for you. And I was just getting a lot of no, no, no's. But once you actually go to school it's so it's such a different environment and you see that it really is a viable option you it is something that's attainable and something you could do you just have to put in the work for it and I don't think a lot of people who aren't in theater realize that because they only see all the big film tv stars but it's so much more than that (laughs) yeah exactly kind of a thing off of that like you don't just have to do performance style things with a performance major a lot of us have like a lot of people relations and we're able to like turn that major into something where you work with a lot of people and I lost where I was going to go with that Um, (laughs) but there's just so many more opportunities a lot of people think oh you don't have to go to school to learn how to act they're like either you have it or you don't but we learn so many skills and so many opportunities and you can make connections in school and so I feel like a lot of people don't see that side of things or don't think about it and really you learn so much by going to school. I think people don't really realize acting and singing and dancing all of that is such a teachable thing. It is something you can learn. You don't have to be naturally talented. It is mostly the work and the effort you put into it and that's what matters. Exactly yeah. 
I feel like a lot of times people think that this is degree that that this degree is kind of like a throwaway degree. Like you're going mm-hmm. to college mm-hmm. and like throwing your money away because people are like, just move to New York, just move to California. And I literally know that just mm-hmm. in the two semesters that I've been here, I've grown so yeah. much as mm-hmm. an actor and as a person too. And I think that UCM has a really like strong mm-hmm. program and all yeah. of like the people that you meet in the program help you become a better performer, a better artist. Yeah, yeah. I know. And that's another reason why people go to school for it. It's that mm-hmm. if <laughs> if I had gone from high school to trying to pursue a dream in theater, I don't think I would have <laughs> made it. No. But now having having four years here under my belt, it's like, oh, I'm I'm prepared now. I got trained. I got. Yeah. I'm now a dancer. I was not a dancer. <laughs> Um, so that's just another benefit, I guess, of coming to a uni- university setting. Yeah. For, it's really like, for me, if I would have came out of high school and tried doing it, I would have given up <laughs> within yeah. a few months. But, um, gosh, mind fart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> kind of to touch on what you're talking about moving to New York, this is kind of a tangent. New, moving to New York and California, a lot of those places want you to have reels or mm-hmm. how to show, and you can't just have those things unless you work towards it. And so kind of what someone who told me who's making that transition out to those bigger places, he said, Kansas City is a great place to start small. It's mm-hmm. a small pool. And like you go to the Actors and Filmmakers page on Facebook and you can get into small movies there. Mm-hmm. Then you can move out to Chicago, which is a medium pool, instead of making that jump from a small pool to a large pool and actually take the steps up towards I know. it. I personally, I don't see myself ever moving to New York and California and then auditioning. I would only go there if I was cast outside of those states because the casting pool is so large there that it kind of is corrupt, the casting process. A lot of it is who you know and sometimes how much money you have because agents are expensive. And in those places, it is absolutely necessary to have an agent and to have money to make things like a good reel and good video auditions and things like that. So I personally... I wouldn't go out there. Yeah. I think a lot of times we see people who um, are kind of like these underdogs or just like they fell into acting. And when you choose it as a career path, that's not really what you're doing. You mm-hmm. Somebody doesn't just walk up to you and say, hey, you're attractive. Do you want to be in this movie? Do you want to audition for this? And um, I think one of the like benefits of going to college for theater is that the people you meet, like they're probably going to do amazing things. I feel mm-hmm. like if you graduate with this degree – that means you're passionate about it and that means you're working hard for it. So, yeah. And kind of the agent thing, a lot of them are expensive, but you can mm-hmm. also find a lot of them that just take a cut from mm-hmm. what you make. So that's that also an option if things get too expensive. I don't I don't know about the pool mm-hmm. out in <laughs> California and New York, if how mm-hmm. many of them work like that, but that's always a thing to look for. Yeah. yeah. I know we're in such a great area because – we could start getting professional jobs under our belt. In fact, it's encouraged for us to do that. In Kansas City, there's so many opportunities. There's World's Fun. Um, there's the Polar Express show. There's so many things you can do in Kansas City, and it's such a good stepping stone, and it's a great place to even settle down if you want for theater. It's got a decent-sized theater scene. You could make a living if you are putting in the work and the preparation just to stay on stage and keep making money you know (laughs) yeah and not only that but like here we have the option to fail like Mm -hmm. if we fail we don't get kicked out we don't lose our 
housing. We don't lose our contract. We don't yeah. completely get blackballed. Here we have the opportunity to mess up and explore things and do things that are out of our type, which is mm-hmm. kind of the next thing I wanted to transition and talk about is how, like, superficial theater can be sometimes mm-hmm. of, like, you look like this, so you have to play this um, and, like, the struggle of that. So, I know me personally – uh, sometimes my body type matches up really well with my typical personality type that I feel comfortable playing, which is typically bubbly, nice, sometimes sassy, sometimes a little dumb just because it's fun to play. It's a very easy thing to play if you are used to playing bubbly roles, but also because of my height and I am a little bit, I wouldn't say thick, um, <laughs> of a curvier gal, I get I've been cast in very mature, like, vampy roles. I know I was Morticia at one point, and for me personally, it's so hard to access that. I'd like to get better about playing outside my personality type, but it could be really difficult sometimes when people see you and they assume what you are playing, and it could really put you in a box as an actor, too, because you'll see roles available for show, and you'll already be discouraged. You'll be like, no one's going to cast me as that. I'm not going to be able to play that kind of on top of that it this is a very hard um field to go into with regards to that like when you do have casting directors they are looking for a type Mm -hmm. and they have an idea in their mind and this is really only one of the few fields where that is acceptable but there and there are limitations to certain things like Mm -hmm. you might not get a role because the way you look but that doesn't mean you don't go out and try yeah you may change their mind and then they're like oh well I didn't see this as before, but you've completely changed how I view this role and go out and do it. And so I think even though there are a lot of limitations that shouldn't discourage people from trying, it's always worth a try. And if you don't make it, you get that experience. Mm-hmm. And that also goes a long way in this field. Yeah. Um, that's also something I had to learn while being here because being a an African-American actor in the middle of the the country it's it's a little bit more difficult and being i am gonna say it i'm i'm a bit thick um, <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot that comes with my appearance and i always thought of myself as like like i'm just gonna be ensemble i am just gonna get the like the best friend character or the funny guy or stuff like that and then i believe it was like my stage voice class where one of our professors had us um right where we think our character types were and then she responded with them of what they could be. And I was like, I've never, she said like, like the romantic interest, the lead, whatever. And I was like, that makes no sense for me, but that it just, yeah, it's as echoing off of what he said that like, you just got to try. Yeah. And the worst thing that can happen is a no, but yeah. um, I think sometimes we get too stuck in our own images and think that like we can't get out of our own box. Um, yeah, but it's true. just about like the, the right moment, the, what yeah. they're looking for at the, audition at that time at that day yeah exactly yeah I for like all of my high school career I always said I was an alto because (laughs) the roles that I look like I can play are like alto Mm -hmm. best friend like usually like they're male characters that you can switch like donkey or like (laughs) like snoopy or like olaf like that's the kind of things that I was told like you'd be great as and I think I I I'm still a soprano in denial. Uh, I get told that in <laughs> voice lessons a lot. <laughs> but um, it, it's hard to have a body type that isn't mm. necessarily seen as, like, this is ideal for mm. 
leading ladies' interests like that. And I've come to discover that, like, I sound great singing a Disney princess ballad, man. (laughs) I do. And I I think it's one of those things where you have to accept, like, yeah, is it going to be harder for me Mm -hmm. if I push for, like, something that I'm really good at but people don't automatically see me as? Of course it is. But if you can kill that and you can show people, like, no, I can do this. No, watch. You're going to fall in love with me because I'm going to sing this song to you. And then you're going to be like, yes, this is what we want. And um, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Um, As a Hispanic actress who does not look Hispanic and gets told that all the time, (laughs) um, it's, it's something that I've also struggled with of like, like with hairspray, for example, like I was like, I can't be in hairspray because I'm Hispanic. But then also like when I audition for things like In the Heights or like West Side Story, I'm like, are they going to put me in the white cast because mm-hmm. I'm white passing? And it's something that like you have to struggle with a lot as an actor yeah. is like, this is what I look like. But that's not even like me, you know, um, I know. I know one of mine. This isn't nearly as bad or I don't experience nearly the same struggles for my height as I do as someone would with their skin color for getting casted, because sadly that is something we deal with in today's society. I know I'm I'm not a super tall girl, but I am fairly tall for being in the female gender. <laughs> um, and sometimes I've had situations, maybe not here so much as I have before I came here, but where I know I didn't get cast as something because of my height and because I was taller than my male counterpart and they wanted to see the romantic male lead be taller than the romantic female lead. And I've even been told that was a reason why I didn't get cast before. And it's it's so frustrating when you know you did your best and sometimes it's because of something you literally can't help. But yeah. that can also be so comforting because you know it's – not you not being talented enough it's just you're not what they can what the casting directors consider right for that role and it happens sometimes and but I also think it's happening slowly but surely people are getting better about colorblind height blind body type blind casting and they just want to see your personality on stage and what you can bring to the table and even though it's like I said, happening slowly. It is happening, and I'm so happy that it is, especially while we're still in college because 10 do- years down the line, it I feel like it's going to be a lot better. Yeah. I know something that, like, always frustrated me was, like, so, for example, Audrey is one of my dream roles from Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> um, however, not the typical Audrey type, um, and I've gotten called back for Audrey um, about – three times I think and every time I've I'm like I nailed that man I got this that was so good and then every time like I get an email saying like we just couldn't see you with the people we had and then I look at the person that did get cast and they were skinny tall Mm -hmm. and blonde and it's like it's definitely a struggle being like I know that I worked really hard for that and I still didn't get it because of how I look yeah and that makes me so sad I think Unless it is a show, like In the Heights, for example, is about the struggles of, lots of it is about the struggles of being Latino and, um, or Latina. And in that case, it is very important for a Hispanic actor to play that type of role. But in 
hop on an issue. In a role like Ariel from The Little Mermaid, it doesn't contribute to the story, and it shouldn't matter someone's color or body type if it is not an active character in the story itself. And I just hope one day people realize that and don't paint such a hard square box about that kind of thing, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I know one of the main reasons that I kept pushing so hard to be a musical theater major, because it took me three years of trying to get here. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the reasons I worked so hard for it was because there's not a lot of plus-sized Hispanic women on Broadway. And I was like, let's go, man. Let's show these little girls that they can do whatever <laughs> they dream. And I know for me, like, one of my biggest inspirations is Lindsay Mendez. Um, mm. Love her. I love her so much. <laughs> and her Tony speech made me ball when she was like, I was told to change my last name. I was Because she's white passing as well. Mm-hmm. And I was told that, I wasn't going to make it. And then look at her. She's on carousel. She did so much. She's so great. And yeah. it's like, do you guys have anybody like that for you that that you see them and it just like pushes you to do more and better? Because I am a white actor, I don't really have this struggle as much. So I wouldn't say I have someone who inspires me in that aspect. But I think I do see young actors that really uh, – push me to keep going and inspire me like Renee who's playing Regina George on Mean Girls is actually 19 years old she's a genuine teenager she's not someone in their late 20s doing it and that pushes me to think it can happen but I don't have those same struggles as a white actor like I can genuinely say that I will never most of the time I won't have a situation where I don't get cast because I am white Mm -hmm. and I am lucky in that regard I have always struggled with having my own representation, mm-hmm. um, I guess, in the theater world. But it's just so crazy because, like, last week, um, there's a show that opened over the summer called A Strange Loop um, off Broadway. And so it's probably going to get onto the Broadway scene soon. Um, but it is a big black character um, struggling to make it. Like, that's what the show is, to make it into the theater world. He's trying to be a playwright. Um get his musical scene, all this stuff. And it's just like, wow, that's the first first someone like me that I've seen. And I was like, but that's 2019. Yeah. Like June 2019. Mm-hmm. It's late. It's, it's late for that. Yeah, and I've yeah. been doing this since my sophomore year of high school. So it's like, it's like, whoa, I don't know his name. I should really look into it. But <laughs> it's like, well, that's the first one. And so um, it's like, wow, there is a chance yeah. mm-hmm. for me to make it. Like, I could be in that show. <laughs> yeah. Cast me in that show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, kind of like Charlotte said, I'm a white man, like there's plethora of roles. <laughs> so kind of taking the more superficial route to apply it to me is I'm not very tall. Like mm. I'm average in general, like five, nine is average for the male height. But you see these, a lot of these roles, they're six, six foot and like just and tall. And a lot of them are just super muscly guys. Mm. Like, especially with the superhero age we are right now, that is a very <laughs> hard body type to keep up with. Yeah. So kind of Tom Cruise is tiny. Oh, he's he a is very five short three. man. Tom Cruise is the same height as my mother. <laughs> he, he is 5'7". I think he's 5'3". Uh, either way, he's short. And, like, <laughs> anyone that's going – like, any of his female uh, counterparts are – taller than him and the fact that he's able to get these roles given he's still built so that's something that 
I feel like if I ever want to break out into the movie scene, I do have to, like, work more on that. Yeah, definitely. I can't. You're not that far from me. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not big, but I'm not exactly skinny either. And I'm not tall. I'm not really short. I'm just kind yeah. of middle of the road in a lot of things. Okay, Noah, so. I looked it up. You're right. He is five seven, but that is my height. So he. For so you could date Tom Cruise. I could date Tom Cruise, guys. <laughs> Maybe not because of the age difference, but <laughs> I. Yeah, uh, going off of that, maybe not in UCM, I haven't seen it, but I have seen in certain movies on Netflix and things like that, you could tell someone gets cast because uh, they're attractive and not Mm. because of their acting skills. Um, And that can be so frustrating because it's not a modeling job. It's about the story you can tell. And yeah, some casting directors really don't get that good for those people who are getting those roles though because snaps to you that's experience under your belt but that is something we see a lot people get cast because they're attractive or that's a big aspect and why they get cast and that just makes me so sad (laughs) yeah I think it's a lot easier in like um, plays and musicals that Mm -hmm. aren't on the big screen I think it's a little easier to cast less conventionally attractive people and on the big screen they are like we need someone who's and like you said, that just it kind of stinks. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and I can see why they do it because people have such big fan bases sometimes because they're talented actors, but as well, they are so freaking attractive. Yeah. Like, I'm, it helps make money, you know? Yeah. It's all about marketing. Mm. I mean, like, Noah Centineo, great actor. He's Not so, in all the movies, though, but he's super attractive he's super and cute. girls fall al- in love with him really yeah. easily because they're like, he's a heartthrob. He's so pretty. Yeah. He is a heartthrob. Chris Noah Hemsworth. Centennial. I thought you said Noah Centennial, and I'm like, Centennial. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, it's not my hundred. That's what it is. You started saying Noah, and I looked over at our Noah, and I said, "Good for you, Noah." That's what I thought too. I was like, I'm not a hundred. It is uh, cool. very interesting recently Ooh. in the theater world, because um, like, if you saw, if anyone was following the Tonys from last year, um, everything was based off of uh, a previous work. So we had the Mean Girls musical, SpongeBob, mm. the Band's Visit. All those things were based off of something else already. And that's kind of what it is like right now because theater is not making money, you know. Um, Things are closing faster. And it's like the only thing they can do is to get big names and of every type, actors, films, all that stuff, books. Yeah. Um, So they'll bring people in, which is another another struggle, I guess, getting into the world. It's like you have to have some type of establishment so that it can work. For us. It's like sometimes you have to find another platform to like push yourself on. Like I know a lot of mm-hmm. us do like YouTube or yeah. TikTok, TikTok. Or, <laughs> uh. or those kind of things because you kind of need an audience at this point. Like you see people like Colleen ba- Ballinger mm-hmm. um, and she's on Waitress on Broadway and it's like she's good. But like she got she got famous from being Miranda Sings. Yeah. And she she got the, offered that part like and offered that audition because of her followers and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And so as a theater major, I feel like we have to be able to like market ourselves mm-hmm. really well. Social and media. I, is I actually I, I actually read an article and I was so disappointed to read this. It they were talking about the casting process for the Spring Awakening tour a few years back, and they were actually the casting directors were told by a supervisor, if someone comes in and they do not have five at least five thousand Twitter followers, we cannot see them, and that is just insane to me. I don't even have a Twitter, <laughs> and I, 
I feel like I have this pressure to start building an Instagram following or, um, well, it would be an Instagram following (laughs) or maybe a TikTok following because, hey, that could get that. What if I end up in a situation where that will matter? And that makes me so disappointed. That shouldn't matter. Yeah. It's it's hard in an age of social media Mm -hmm. and, like, getting judged by your interactions online and having to, like, move people from one platform to another. Like, if you do something funny on TikTok... I'd, I'm rolling my eyes at myself. <laughs> like if you if you do something on there and then you're like, okay, maybe I can transfer this to YouTube, which will then make me have a bigger platform mm-hmm. that I can then spread. Hey, I'm a theater person. Listen to me sing a little maybe and then get offered mm-hmm. things. And it's really hard to not put the pressure of, on yourself to constantly be building a following while you're in college so that when you get out yeah. there, you have this one up on other people mm-hmm. i mean definitely i'm i'm not good at social media like <laughs> i just i kind of get in that thought process like oh who wants to see this like who cares what i'm wearing mm-hmm. today like in 10 years this won't matter so i like i try to post life-changing things for me or like when we have rugby games those are big to mm-hmm. me and so i like maybe other people care but i'm not good at the like i had a pb and j today it was delicious <laughs> and like that's just i don't know like you said, social media is huge, and it, it's hard yeah. to get into that, especially so late in the so late in the game. So, yeah, definitely. I think a lot of times we, as humans, base our like importance off of those numbers, mm-hmm. the likes, the follows, and all that kind of stuff. And it's being, so easy to compare yeah. yourself to other people. And being in a career that's all about like, I mean, you get judged every day, mm-hmm. no matter what. Even if you get the role, like. If it has a fan base, like if you're in Heather's, like Carrie Hope Fletcher, like amazing actress and people were like roasting her online when she got Veronica, like her body type isn't right for Veronica. She can't play Mm -hmm. this, all that kind of stuff. And it's like no matter how far you go, no matter how great you're doing, the better you do, the more people are going to criticize you. So, Mm. Well, people also like that's another hard thing about doing all these remakes of things. People don't realize that each person that comes into the role, you want to take an original take on it because you don't want to do it the exact same as someone else because that's an even easier way to get compared to someone else. And it's so hard as a theater major seeing people get angry about roles being cast as a physically different type or even if they take a different personality type, they say, this is not a good actor. And it's like, well, that's not what makes a good actor. What make like if they're playing the role realistically or if they're entertaining you, like they're doing a good job. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's something that I recently have struggled with being cast as seaweed and hairspray. Cause generally seaweed is not as, as thick as I am, <laughs> um, which is fine. I've, I'm doing fine with that regard, but I have been compared so much to Elijah Kelly in the hairspray movie. And, um, and no, no offense to anyone in the production or anything. It's just like that was their only example of what to tell me to get to where they want me to be as an actor for, as seaweed yeah. is to just compare me to the the people that have done it before. And it's like, but I thought you wanted me to be my own seaweed. Yeah. And it's just like there's a weird balance we have to 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 do when we have to yeah. do when we have to like follow that up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So kind of two things on that. So 
my personal view is like when a m- movie is like remade mm-hmm. or based off a book, you kind of have to go into it viewing it as a whole new piece of art mm-hmm. or a piece of work. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. That's like my you, preference. Like I don't want to watch the same movie twice. Like what's the point of redoing it? Like make it interesting. Make it new. <laughs> yeah, and you got to go in and a lot of people they don't enjoy these works of art because they're now trying they're just spending too much time comparing everything and you mm-hmm. just can't do that they're totally different people different cast different directing all those different things exactly and i think that's the like especially for example with the new aladdin movie people really don't enjoy some of the changes that are being made like will smith being the genie and such which robin williams did absolutely amazing but I really respect Will Smith and what he did with this role because he did it completely different than Robin Williams. He did not make himself a carbon copy. And I think that was the best way to respect Robin Williams Yeah, and that aspect as well. And he was funny. Like, he did yeah. a good job. <laughs> I mean, the beautiful thing about theater is that shows get done over and over and over again mm-hmm. for the most part. And every time you have a new set of perspectives. And that's so cool. Like, yeah. coming in, like... Yeah, like, for example, like, uh, at the Muni, I saw Cinderella, and it was a thick um, Latina girl. She was Cinderella, and I said, Mm, yes, ma'am, pop off. (laughs) And um, her Cinderella was so different from anything else I had ever seen, and it's like, you can really tell, like, what shapes people and and how they bring a unique perspective to roles, and I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, it's it's more entertaining, too, like. Like I said, I don't want to watch the same thing multiple, multiple, multiple times. It's not – you get tired of it. It's – I know in comedic plays and musicals, I love seeing how people tell jokes differently. Like Shrek the Musical, seeing how – because Lord Farquaad genuinely does a lot of improv. Like they will come <laughs> up with their own lines and throw them out there sometimes. And seeing how they do that differently is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> if – um, you were a high schooler listening to this podcast and you were wanting to do theater. What's something that you wish you could tell yourself, like to give yourself inspiration to, to go for it? Um, I think as in, if I were talking to past me. Yeah. Or oh, like man. somebody like that's like you. Mm hmm. Um, I know, like, I, I last, yesterday we did our high school workshop, and they, yeah. there were so many questions from them, and it was just, like, um, basically, it's just, like, I just tell people to go for it. Um, I just, you have to keep trying. And mm-hmm. I also suggest trying everything, because yeah. although um, I thought of myself as only an actor, I I have recently, last year, been given so many opportunities to do costume designing and stuff like that. And there's so much... There's so much in theater, other than just the acting. Yeah. And there's so many technical aspects. And besides that, there's also all the administrative stuff, box office, public relations, like all that stuff. There's so much in the world of theater. Um, And so as actors, even when you're not doing that work, because we do get no's way easier than than everyone else, (laughs) um, there's so much to do that still works towards the industry. Um, and you recently changed to BA, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So going from a performance degree to to the more general, it's like I I, I think it's I'm not saying it's more beneficial because like if it's an actor, go all in, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do get to explore other other things as well. Yeah. Um, and it's just theater is so vast. Yeah. Small world, but a lot of stuff. Yeah. Definitely. Um. 
So try. <laughs> kind of the big thing for me is just listen to your heart and do what you want to do. Like, I know that's super cheesy, but in high school, <laughs> I didn't do any plays. Like, I did <laughs> one short thing, and that was because the person dropped out last minute and they had no one else. So I was like, oh, I'll do it. But I did wrestling for three years, and I liked wrestling. Wrestling was fun, but I didn't get to do plays because of that. And even though that's what I wanted to do, I took drama and I took all those things. I never did any plays because I was too busy wrestling. And that was a lot because that's what my brother did. And I felt like that's what Mm kind of a lot of people wanted me to do. Instead of really doing what I wanted, I cared a lot about what other people thought. And I was never good at wrestling. So if I didn't do it, it wouldn't have changed anything in my life. (laughs) And you also like completely 180'd your major, right? Yeah. So I was aviation to start off with. And that's even why I came to college or UCM was for an aviation major. And It was kind of, again, one of those things where I was like, I need a real job. I need something that will pay the bills. And I just took performance classes and dance classes, and those were the only times I was truly happy. Like, those were the friends I still have today. Like, I have two friends in aviation, and I was in there for two years. Mm. And the classes weren't fun. I wasn't having a good time. I wasn't retaining information. And then I took theater classes and dance classes. I'm like, okay, that's what I like to do, and this is – I need to make the change. Yeah. I – I almost didn't come here. I almost went to Truman for psychology. And a big part of that was, like I mentioned earlier, I did not have a lot of support when I was in high school. And that's one of the big reasons for that is I'm not, I don't consider myself a natural talent. So I thought, I just don't see how I'm going to improve. And especially for people looking into a musical theater major, belting is like considered the end all be all and that was not yeah. that and it, it seems like something that you can't learn to do it seems like something where it's like you either have it or you don't and I had love her even my vocal teacher in high school like I think she mentioned how lots of the time you either have it or you don't and I just felt so hopeless but I did get offered a really good talent scholarship and I toured the school and I was like okay I really want to try and I'm so glad I did because you make so much improvement because everything is teachable if you put in the effort and you believe in yourself oh my god I sound so cheesy (laughs) 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 like there's so many things you can do like I was never a belter and now even though I'm still working on it I am one I can do it and I think People will need to realize it's more about your potential and your attitude than your natural talent. Natural talent is not everything. Yeah. Because also another thing we haven't talked about yet, if you are known to have a good attitude while being in a show, people will want to cast you. Mm. Like they will try their best to get you in there because they know you're enjoyable to work with and you don't cause problems. Yeah. And that's also a big aspect of theater. Don't be mean to people if you're considering theater. because something I would love to echo because yes. um, I am, I'm involved in a lot of things in our department, um, but there's no way I could do all that I do without just being kind yeah, to definitely. people. Um, yeah. That's also a good yeah. piece of advice overall. Be kind, be positive, yes. follow your dreams, kids. Thank you guys so much for being here. You guys have been great guests. Thank Aww. you so much, and we'll be back with Drew Center at a musical theater major after this. Welcome back to Backstage Banter. I'm your host, Sabrina Ortiz, and today I have with me another lovely student here at UCM's Theater and Dance Department. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Drew Sinnard. Uh, I'm a musical theater major, 
and I'm a freshman, and I love it here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was so wholesome. <laughs> so, Drew, we're talking about the secret struggles of being a theater major. Ooh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, as a freshman, what struggles have you faced so far? Um, so far, um, definitely balancing out uh, my theater career and then my and my student career um and figuring out times when to um when I should work on my homework and then when I should work on my script yeah. which is definitely something that kind of slapped me in the face at first yeah um and I'm sure it kind of hit you too last year yeah freshman year. Uh, I mean I wasn't in any main stages my freshman year but this year I definitely I think one of the hard things about being a theater major is people always assume that your your course load is so light. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I mean, there's some some classes that I never have homework in, mm-hmm. like stage movement. Like I'm just practicing walking sometimes. Yeah. And but that's that's also the th- I I think that's also the thing with like going to a university that has a theater program and not a conservatory program because you're not doing theater like nine to five every day, nine to yeah. ten every day, and you also have to be a student first and you're getting those gen eds in and yeah exactly because like if you're failing you can't do yeah shows mm-hmm. so yeah definitely like when you have gen eds and then you're like okay well i have three essays due but also lines are due monday so exactly figuring out how to balance all of that is is definitely hard and something that yeah, you have to and, strive for and i feel like after the first uh, few weeks i'm starting to get the hang of it and classes are kind of starting to um, make sense and and flow a little bit more and you know um, but everything so far has been has been pretty good but yeah. that's that's the biggest struggle that I've had and I feel like that that's that's pretty generic with every everyone that kind of starts out college yeah. maybe yeah uh, so you did theater a lot in high school right yes yeah. yes I did so did you have any like doubts about coming to college and doing it or um. No, I I I didn't doubt for one second that I that if I should do theater or not. I was like, I want to do this in college. This is what yeah. I want to major in, and um, so um, I think it was around like the end of my junior year I started to look for uh, <clears throat> college programs that had uh, uh, BFA musical theater programs, and I'm from Nebraska, and. Uh, UNL is a really, really big school uh, around the nation, and um, I was looking into their program, and they, oh, I, I auditioned there. It was great, great theater program. Uh, I would definitely go there, but they don't have a BFA musical theater program, and I was like, yeah, but I saw here uh, because Ashley Miller, I know Ashley Miller. I've known Ashley Miller since sixth grade. And she wanted me to come audition here. And she, uh, yeah, she recommended that I come audition. And I did. And they had a BFA musical theater program. And I was like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. I love it here. And then I went here. And you guys are amazing. And I (laughs) love this school so much. And yeah. 
Drew, you're so wholesome. I just, <laughs> I think, because uh, this is like a, a fresh experience for both of us. Because mm. I, I had to audition because I didn't come in as a musical theater major my freshman year. I was a performance major, and I auditioned for three years to get into musical theater programs. Yeah, um, and that's something that I think gets overlooked a lot by people because. People think, oh, you're doing theater? Easy. You're going in there, getting a degree. It's not easy. Not easy ladies at and, all. Ladies no. and gentlemen that are listening to this podcast right now, it is not easy. Theater majors are not easy. Yeah. It's very difficult, but you're having a lot of fun at the same time. Yeah. And not only that, like, if you're passionate about it, it's worth it. But it's so hard to get into a program. Yeah. Like, UCM itself, academically, isn't a hard school to get into. But the musical theater program, like, that's tough to get into. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people, like, overlook it. And people are like, oh, well, if you're doing musical theater or if you're doing theater in general, then you're just going to go to whatever school and it doesn't really matter. And people don't think about how hard it is to, like, audition for programs and be told no. That's mm-hmm. always really scary. It's, yeah. like, the no's that we get in yeah. theater. And that's honestly just part of it is like once you get out of college and stuff you're gonna hear a million no's over one yes yeah so um i it's good to get used to that and um it's such an important skill to learn especially in this career is patience yeah and so yeah i I agree with that yeah definitely yeah um so what projects are you currently working on drew i am currently in uh top secret deer daycare which is a children's show about naturalism and environmentalism which (laughs) by the way is october 23rd through the 26th put it in your calendar and come see it because it's gonna (laughs) be really good yeah yeah and you're playing like a child in that i'm playing an 11 year old yeah so that's another thing that can be really tough with theater is playing somebody completely different from you like age wise or like anything like that so what's something that you found difficult about playing oh absolutely um yeah my character's name is stanley by the way um he's 11 and so i I know i was 11 at some point so I, i i am trying to channel my inner 11 year old um and I've discovered, uh, I've been experimenting a lot with his character, and I've been talking a lot with Matthew about him and who is the director, and um, he's kind of this um, know-it-all kind of 11-year-old that's kind (laughs) of like, that corrects everyone and is like, I know all about this. Yeah. Yeah. And... I've had trouble with playing him too young, and then I've had trouble with him playing him too old. Yeah. So I'm trying to find that happy medium in between there. And so he's not he's not a uh, what I found is he's not like a typical 11 year old. He's pretty mature yeah. for an 11 year old. Um. So I'm trying to trying to find that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh. This is going to be the more lighthearted segment for us because the the last one went uh, a lot. But I did want to talk about because um, as a fellow Latino, Latin, Hispanic, Hispanic, yeah, actor, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what um, you identify with, but um, 
how has that affected you when you're going for roles or how you feel about like your ability to do certain things? Um, I see it as an advantage. Yeah. I see it as an advantage. I don't see it as a disadvantage because I could, I mean, I could pull off a, a white character. I mean, I could, that is typically white. Or I could pull off someone who is more Hispanic or Latino. Mm-hmm. I could, I can play both sides for people that, you, you know, I, I, I see it as an advantage because yeah. right now in theater and all that, I see um, people that are, you know, like Hamilton. Yeah. Where all of our founding fathers used to be white and there was, there were no there were no uh, black people in 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 office or anything like that and to see um how they incorporated african americans in playing all of our founding fathers was really cool and i see that that is happening now and so i'm really excited to get into that world and kind of experiment or let people experiment yeah. like with my ethnicity and stuff and so um I definitely see it as a plus. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool to be in uh, in this day and age of theater and people wanting to do things that aren't the typical thing, like Hamilton having having that, like you discussed, and it, it's really cool. I mean, there's definitely still times when it's, like, hard being a person who's not white in theater. Yeah. But um, I think that uh, looking on the positive is is a good way to go yeah. about it Drew. and it, it definitely it, it definitely doesn't come without struggles yeah because um we, i get i also experience the typecasting a lot yeah with, with being not not white enough or not brown enough yeah I'm kind of in that middle me too no i'm very white passing hispanic mm-hmm. and it's something that i've struggled a lot with and coming to terms with the fact that I do identify with my culture. I've just been told not to a yeah. lot. Um, and it it's something that you kind of have to find the happy medium of loving yourself and loving your culture and who you are. Yeah. And it, also accepting that other people may not see you as that. And you, yeah. you have to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So so this one's for, for Aaron Scully. I, I did some trivia because I thought <laughs> I thought since he's not here co-hosting the show with me, he would he would like that. So are you ready for some theater trivia to lighten <laughs> lighten the mood? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Drew. When were the first Tony Awards? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um. Ooh. Just a second. <laughs> I gotta think of what. This year, what this year? I got to do some math. Um, <laughs> These past ones were the 72nd. No, 73rd. 73rd. What is what is 2019 minus 73? Uh, <laughs> 19. This is why I'm a theater major. 19. <laughs> It was 1947. All right, I was really close. Let's just just leave it at that. I was was really close. Okay, what (laughs) name? 
uh, the famous composer who is a member of the EGOT Club. Do you know what that is? No, I haven't. Um, that means they have uh, Emmy, a uh, Grammy, a uh, Tony, and an Oscar. Oh, shit. Um, he, I'll give you some hints. Okay. Um, he wrote Phantom of the Opera. He oh, wrote, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Um, what is the longest running show on Broadway? Uh, that would be... That would be... Oh my gosh, I know this. Um, is it... Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> is it Wicked? No. Wicked's really close. Wicked's really close. Yeah. I thought it was Wicked. It's I, Phantom it would, of the Opera. Yep, that's what I thought. Yeah. I thought it was Phantom. I thought it was either Phantom or Wicked, but I knew Wicked was on like really long time. Yeah. So. I'll give you some more recent stuff. What won okay. the Tony for Best Musical in 2019? Oh, uh, Town. Yeah. yeah. And what won Best Play? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, like I love plays. I love plays, but. Once the musical stuff is kind of out of the way, I'm like, going to get on my phone, see what Twitter's going and stuff like that. But um, uh, was it the one with, uh, was it <laughs> who plays Kylo Ren? Who plays Kylo Ren? Do you know? It, it's probably not. It's probably not it's, that play. It's the fairy man. The f- oh, I didn't. I yeah. Didn't <laughs> um, I thought I, I, I thought I'd I watched pour the one out for I the wa- homies and I, do some trivia for Aaron. <laughs> no, I watched. I watched the Tonys. I swear. But please. <laughs> so, um, as somebody in the, um, wow, let me try that again. As somebody who's a musical theater major, do you struggle finding um your voice in straight plays and? How to do that oh, since man. you're taking away like two of the main aspects that you usually have to portray characters. Yeah, uh, personally, I find plays more difficult for me. Yeah. Because I am so used to dancing and, and singing too, you know. But just to focus on acting is, and also acting is like something I really want to get better at and focus on. Um, but I, f- I, I do find it a little bit more difficult. To just act, yeah. Because I feel like there, I pl- for sure plays and musicals have different, different. They flow different. And yeah, have different definitely. Um, so uh, it is. It, I, I did. I did plays in, in in high school. I did. I did competitive one acts, and so um, I do. I I do find it a little bit more difficult because. Yeah. Um, with, and I also, this is my opinion. Um, I find it more easy to find who the character is and, and his purpose through song. I feel like that that's kind of an easier way to pick up on, on the character. Yeah, no, definitely. Because Um, when somebody writes a song, it's like, it's because words couldn't, like just talking couldn't express that anymore. And so it's a much more vulnerable place. Yeah. It's. Yeah, it's you really, 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 really have to dig in really deep to find w- who your character is, especially in a play. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. And I feel like a lot, as especially musical theater majors, people expect us to like rank ourselves in areas, you know, like the yeah. whole like, I'm actor first, singer second, dancer third, like that kind of thing. And it's kind of hard to be in an area where you have to constantly critique yourself as well as listen to critiques from others. Mm-hmm. Do you ever find yourself like 
trying to balance like a happy medium of like critiquing yourself and finding that but also not letting it like get to you yeah yeah for sure um I critique myself a lot on my dance um and it's something that I was not raised around and so me being a musical theater major you kind of have to um be um at least a mover yeah (laughs) definitely a mover but I've kind of critiqued myself and trained myself to fake it till you make it. Yeah. (laughs) Especially with dance. Yeah, definitely. And so, um, yeah, I critiqued critiqued myself a lot, and I I, I beat myself a lot up about it, and and I shouldn't, but I feel like that makes me want to get a lot better. Yeah. Especially with dance. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like critiquing yourself is always great but there's also like a line that I feel like a lot of times in theater we cross like we're like okay I'm I'm trying really hard but uh it's not it's not working out or there must be something wrong with me and then uh, imposter syndrome is something I've struggled a lot with Mm, in mm -hmm, theater mm -hmm. um being like I don't deserve to be where I'm at I don't deserve to be in a program or like I'm not talented I'm just tricking everybody oh my gosh I deal with that all the time (laughs) self-doubt self-doubt is such a big issue with me yeah it and I've I've learned I've learned that um I've learned that everyone's good enough yeah and that you're here for a reason exactly like um never doubt never doubt yourself yeah because once you start doubting yourself then then it just then you just get up all in your head and then if you think you're bad, then you are bad. If you think you're good, then you are good. Yeah. That's my opinion. I definitely think that, like, with theater, it's so hard to not just compare yourself to everybody else around you and be, like, looking at your peers succeeding and taking that personally as you not succeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like, personally, like, I live in an apartment full of musical theater majors, like, really, really talented girls that yeah. I, I see, like – driving and doing amazing and it's hard sometimes to not just be like comparing myself to them and being like I'm not getting into musicals and I'm I I feel far behind but realizing I think something that I've had to do especially this semester was realize that it's not about everybody else it's about personal accountability accountability (laughs) accountability Yeah. yeah and everyone has their own strengths yeah Everyone has their own uniqueness, and sometimes, um, sometimes you're not what they're looking for right now. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you're not good or you're you're not really talented. It just means that just not not what you're, not what we're looking for yeah. right now. Not today. Yeah. Not. Not today. <laughs> Living on the theater ship, have you found like any any times where you where you struggle to like rank your like do you ever find yourself like ranking yourself amongst your peers? Because I know like constantly being around people and that kind of stuff can be hard not to do. Yeah, I I, I do that not just with the people in my my 
my in in the theatership but with everyone yeah i and i shouldn't i shouldn't be ranking yeah. myself um but I, I do find myself doing that sometimes and i've done that all through my career and um it's <laughs> it's a bad habit and i need to get out of it but um Sometimes, I, I mean, I guess sometimes it could be necessary yeah. to do that, to know where you're at. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I think, like, acknowledging, like, yeah, people are better than me in this area. And, yeah, I'm really, like, thriving in this area. Mm-hmm. And letting the people who you think, like, you perceive as better than you, like, mm-hmm. learning from them. Yeah. I think it's something that we like as people forget a lot of times is just because somebody's better than you doesn't mean that they're not going to help you. Like, especially in a program like this filled Mm -hmm. with like really compassionate, amazing people. That's why I love being here at UCM. Like every day I feel like people are trying to help me be better instead of like pushing me down so they can get what they want. And that competition aspect, uh, I I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be here today if I if I didn't have people to um, compete with and to push me. Yeah. Because that is such a that is that is how I grow. Yeah. Is competition, and um, I love it. Um, and I always had, I had I had this one I had this one guy in high school, and I won't say his name, but. <laughs> um, no, I, I won't. I won't say his name. I like him a lot, and and we're really, really good friends. Um, but we were always battling it out for for the big part. We were always battling out, and um, he would always get it. And so that pushed me to that pushed me to be better. That pushed me to strive for excellence and strive for 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 perfection and be a perfectionist. Is because like. I want that. Yeah. It's so hard in theater to not just be like competitive. Cut cut cutthroat is what people always assume. But competitive doesn't mean have to mean that. Because like you were saying, the competition aspect like made you grow and made you a better person. And it wasn't like you were tearing each other each other down. Oh no, 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 no. That is that is absolutely not what you should do. Yeah. Um some people do that. And, and it's not, it's not okay. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely not okay. But being competitive and, and yeah, being competitive is, is definitely okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Drew. I appreciate you a lot. Thank you. Um, this has been Backstage Banter with Sabrina Ortiz and... Drew Sinner. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> you were pointing to me. I didn't know if you wanted me to say my name or not. Thank you so much for coming, Drew. Thank you. It's been a great talk.